I've been on the top of the mountain and I've been on the floor. And I think that's the thing is just realizing you don't have to stay there. It's temporary. And, you know, it may not end up as you perfectly envision and have this We our, our idea of expectations at midlife, I think, is what jacks us up a lot. You know, we think it should look this way. No, it looks how it looks and you can alter it. You accept it and then you work towards changing it to be and, and appear how you want to be. Hello, friends. Welcome to the Live Boldly podcast with Sarah Shelton Kranz. This is an inspiring podcast for those seeking proven ways of healing, growing, and transcending their lives. I am a legendary leader in healing, acclaimed author, keynote, and TEDx speaker, a mom, an adventurer, and a believer in all things possible. My mission is to guide others to live their life boldly, regardless of circumstances. I believe we all have the power to overcome and lead joy-filled, happy lives. Recorded from the trail or in my office, every other week I share inspiring stories from everyday people because we all deserve to be heard. You will also hear from hand-picked professionals ready to guide you beside me. Are you ready? Let's do this. Society tells us, literally, stop it halfway. Don't go, don't go too far. Don't go, you're gonna hurt yourself. Don't, don't, you don't know what's going to happen, right? And it's between that halfway and the continuum that the magic freaking happens. So, so many of us don't step into that space because of fear, because of our own comfort zone, because of our past patterns, our past regrets, whatever it is, not realizing that that's actually where the living happens. Hey friends, welcome to another episode of the Live Boldly podcast. Today I have on Bradley Richardson. Go grab your journals because this is a really freaking good episode about advanced adulting, something that we need more of in this world, don't you think? So before I dive in about Bradley, I want to remind you that we have our Grand Canyon retreats coming up, the very last of them. We only have three remaining, one over Thanksgiving and two in January of 2023. They are both, one is co-ed, actually two are co-ed. One is an all-women's retreat. It includes three months of coaching along with a five or six day, just a deep dive intensive retreat into self while we are also adventuring and hiking throughout the Grand Canyon. We do stay in a beautiful cabin at the bottom beside this gorgeous creek. And uh, we do everything from Reiki healing, nature healing, Gosh, coaching, meditating, uh, adventure, hiking, really a lot of somatic healing while we're also doing personal development. I created these as my signature retreats. I am sad that they are ending. However, the Grand Canyon, the National Park Service will be redoing the entire water pipeline throughout the canyon. And so they are shutting services at the bottom indefinitely. And so I am uh, pivoting more into speaking and also workshops and retreats with uh, organizations and corporations. So it's super exciting for me. I think, you know, something as a, uh, just a reminder for all of you that are looking to do something different, just freaking do it. Like stop overthinking. Ah, I've done that for so many times in my life. And when we overthink our saboteur steps in, we start to doubt ourselves. And when we doubt ourselves, we really have a hard time taking action for the things that we really want to do in this lifetime. And you know, you're you're here, like don't waste your time, which by the way, let's dive into that. 
That was my last week's podcast episode. Actually, not last week, a few weeks ago. I did a podcast all about wasting time and how we don't want to waste our time. So let's not do any more of that. Let's dive into Bradley Richardson. He is the creator of advanced adulting, coaching content, and events to help grown-ass adults navigate life. I mean, how freaking cool is that? He is a coach, speaker, five-time author, three-time dad, fifth-generation Texan, He coaches and creates content to help grown-ass adults navigate the shifts and changes of midlife. Uh, You will find him him featured in the Wall Street Journal, Rolling Stone, on Good Morning America, NPR, and so much more. He is a 50-something, I'm not going to tell you how old he is, doesn't really matter, fifth-generation Texan, single father of three grown sons, or actually three grown kids. He does live in Dallas, Texas as well. So go find Bradley Richardson on social media, the web, dive into his content. I freaking loved this conversation. I felt like, as what I told him, I said, I feel like I'm sitting with one of my bros, one of my brothers, and just having a down-to-earth conversation about life, which is, I think that we need to do more of, right? Like, we really need to just sit down and have more conversations about life, get out of our ego heads and drop into our hearts and go there. And when we go there, that's when we find what is possible and what we are all made of. So go grab your journals, take a listen. Please share this with your friends, those that you are, your community, uh, your family members. Tag me in your social media so that I can reshare with others. And let's spread this ripple of amazing content into the world. My team and I are really working hard on doing that. We have some serious goals and pushing this podcast out and really reaching as many people in service as possible. And so if you could be so much of a, just be a gift and uh, and help others do that. It's not only a gift for me, it's a gift for others that you are sending it to, and it's a gift to yourself, because when we give, we receive. So there you go. I love each and every one of you. If you have not heard that today yet, put your hand over your heart right now and listen to these words. I love you. And I'm blessed to have you here. Okay, everyone, grab your journals because we've already been jam session. Bradley and I talking about bullshit, crap, people, uh, talking heads, <laughs> relationships, <laughs> and all the other things. <laughs> And that was only the beginning. So, so um, this is going to be a fun session. And I really do thank you for being here because you are all about the advanced adulting. And one of the things that I am really, really, since my mom passed in July, really stripping back even more are the layers of who I am and who, where I, how I'm presenting myself, how I'm living in this world and really becoming even more authentic and vulnerable with the parts that still need to, because I want to, right? Dive into them and bring them to the surface and live a more free life. How's that? And so this is what you do and I'm stoked to have you. And this is going to be a really fun conversation because we've already cussed a few times. I'm sure mom's like, you know, just like you said, you know, you could say that without saying the F-bomb. And I'm like, okay, whatever. Like, I don't know. It's a, it's a, it's a part of me. So deal with it. So you are unfiltered than filtered for an exactly like that's and you know that's the space of my trauma is that it's just that's just who I've become and I like me so there you go I in all um, everybody there's some dogs barking in the background deal with it I don't know what else to say Um, because you have them I have them and this is what happens so (laughs) keeping it real this is life yeah 
This is life. This is going to get real. So tell us, first of all, thank you for being here. Thank you for diving into this work. Thank you for showing up. And um, I know, and what I just said to you was that there are a lot of women that are also going to learn so much from this male perspective. And I do have male, female listeners. And I love the fact that you show up real raw, vulnerable for who you are. And so I appreciate that. That is my, that is my uh, first nod to you. So tell us a little bit about yourself and what got you into this work and a little bit about what you do. Cause there's people that are going to be like, who is this person? Yeah, who, who is it? Who is this bald guy you have on here? <laughs> um, yeah. What do I, who am I, what I do? You know, the, 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 the cliff notes version is I'm a, um, 50 something father of three grown kids um, five-time author. Somehow I squeaked out a couple of bestsellers way back in the day. Um, I spent you know, over a decade as a headhunter, uh, uh, executive recruiter, basically a white-collar pimp for uh, for a number of years, placing CEOs and CFOs. Um, was married for a number of years um, uh, because that's what I should do. Mm-hmm. And um, then I've been divorced for a number of years. And I've done a lot right, a lot wrong. Um, written books about being a dad. I've written books about starting a company, about running a company into the ground. Um, I have um, a fifth generation Texan. There you go. Um, so I, it's just interesting. I, um, I've had a lot of lives, like I think a lot of people do. You know? mm-hmm. And you look at the different stages in life and who you are. I, I, this is one of the core tenets in what I do. It's, it's I believe who you are in your 20s is a dramatically different human being than you are in your 40s or 50s. And you've got some scars and baggage and experience and um, how, what you want out of life and how you approach it. Totally different. And uh, yeah. What is your main message that you bring to people? Let's start there. Wow. Like if, um, I know well, I'm just I, going you know, straight I, in. Boom. Um, it's called advanced adulting. And I think that that's really it. It's the idea that there's several tenets to it, if you will. I mean, it's not a process. I'm not a process guy. I'm just not. But if you look at it, it's the thing that advanced adulting is really the all the things that hit us in the face that we don't know, but we don't know until we are faced with it later in life. No one gets married in their late twenties and goes, well, I wonder what my second marriage is going to be like. Oh, well, I wonder what it's going to be like to be 45 and, you know, realize I hate what I've done for the past 20 years and I'm not true to myself. Um, all of those things, the idea that, um, we're supposed to have our shit together by the time we hit a certain age and you might in certain aspects, but there's a lot of parts of our life and depending on when in our, it is in our life that we just don't know what to do. There's no roadmap. And the people who, and just when we started off this conversation before we started recording, you know, there's so much imagery and curation and bullshit out there that, oh, well, you know, oh, they're making so much money, their career's on point. Yeah, but you know what? Their wife's fucking the tennis pro and look at this and their kids won't talk to them and all of it. I mean, all of these things, okay? And I don't care. I, I believe this. This is not just, I think this, I know this. I have, you know, in professionally, personally, I've done a lot all over the world with a variety of people. And the thing is this, it doesn't matter where in the world you are. It doesn't matter your income, your education. And so many of us encounter these things. A lot of people just like to hide it. I and I think that, that's the thing is, um, for me, it became an idea of, you know, I, uh, I did this for a long time. I mean, for you know, 25, 30 years ago, I was writing, speaking, coaching, doing all this. I did what I, I, I took my foot off the gas and became 
Uh, I got a real job is what the former wife said. And I became a, you know, I, I was doing great with it and um, did what I, I was, was expected of me, you know? And um, I hated it. I mean, I provided, I did well, all that, but it was after I got divorced and was realizing um, you don't, yeah, you don't have that much time left. You don't know there's not much time you have, but do you really want to just be true to yourself? You know, you've done what you did. You punch your ticket on whether it's raising kids or being, you know, the good company person or anything. But what do you, you know, this is like saying, hey, I want to go open a taco stand in Bali or, you know, something like that. But it's like, what do you really want to be true to yourself with? And it goes back to what I think what we said, too, at the beginning before the recording was I value authenticity over anything. Yeah. And I, and, and that, that's really it. And I, I love the good, the bad, the ugly. And so much of that long-winded answer um, of what's the core point? Core point of advanced adulting is, look, we all have more in common than we than we think. You know, we all are going through life here for the first time and we don't know what the hell the story is. So can we at least help each other connect the dots? That's it. Well, so I love this because you are bringing to the surface things that people don't talk about, mm-hmm. which is, so for example... You know, I've got a three-legged dog sitting next to me and literally who I saved, rescued mm-hmm. January of 2020, uh, our dog had passed away over Christmas of 2019. So I'm coming off a peak in 2020, first part of the month, right after New Year's. And I get this text message from my neighbor down the street who said, hey, just so you know, there's a dog that we found that, uh, and it, it's Bailey from down the street. And he escaped and he's been, we didn't know, but he's been abused and neglected for a number of years, tied up to a leash in the garage, totally not taken care of. We need somebody to take him in. And at that point he had four legs, but one of the legs was, and I'm going somewhere with this. One of the legs was, uh, was, was he had a mass up in the leg and they didn't take care of it. And so we ended up having to take the leg off. My point being is what nobody talked about is that the owner of the dog happened to be a doctor and uh, four kids and the mom played tennis. And so it's funny that you should bring that up. And so my point being is right. that it's the things that nobody talk about, nobody talks about. And it's how are people, how people live their lives behind closed doors can sometimes be so different than how they present themselves in the real world. Mm-hmm. And what I like to do is to get back to, okay, okay, who are you behind closed doors? How and how can we show up better for right. one another to create a better world in community and stop doing the things that are hurting others? Right. Stop doing the things that are hurting yourself ultimately, right? Because right. everything starts with self. And you know, so so when that happened for us within our family, and then we brought him in and we ended up taking the leg off and we, you know, we ended up having a GoFundMe. And I, unfortunately, fortunately, people found out about it. The truth was brought free. Oh. Not, not that I intentionally did that, didn't. Right. It was literally because our entire community banded together to save this pup. And my, and then who did it come back to? But, you know, we'll you know, now it's exposed. Well, guess what? It's exposed because you were doing something that was highly wrong, right? And you ended up exposing yourself. I didn't expose you. My neighbor who found the dog didn't expose you. 
the truth exposed you. And so when we can get down and start living more truthfully with who we are on a daily basis, Mm -hmm. we can then live more authentically, vulnerably and help others. Absolutely. So that's my long answer on that. And I, and I, and I appreciate the fact that you're bringing to surface the things that people don't talk about. Mm-hmm. Well, and I think that it, it, it's in everything. I mean, look, if you in were, everything in, in what I do, if you were to, to, to pick an area, I think the bulk of what I deal with, with advanced adulting is, is relation it's relationships, mm-hmm. but even that, okay. The default thing, you know, it's so funny. I see it on social media too. The default thing is, Oh, well, divorce, being single, you know, dating again. I do a boatload of that stuff. That's the lowest common denominator, but that's a big one. But before that, and I love that you said the fact it starts with self, and that couldn't be more true because it's it's not just your relationship with you know, your romantic relationships, partnerships, whatever. It is your relationship with your friends because your friendships as you in middle age are dramatically different. The, yeah. the nature of them, um, the quality, the quantity, who they are, all of that. Your relationship with uh, your family. I mean, if you've got kids, and uh, that changes. I've got three kids in their twenties. Different deal. Aging parents, but the most important one is that relationship with yourself. And as you said, I mean, and you, you talked about you very accurately how people tend to push their curation, you know, of the you know here's the image that I like to portray, and I want this pushed down, but. It's not, it's beyond that in that there's so much that we think in ourselves. I, um, so many people, when you pull back the mask or, you know, get them to really talk about, especially men, it takes a lot longer to get them to pull that mask back. But once you get them talking about it, the, you know, not insecurities and vulnerable, you know, vulnerability, but it's this idea of just what do you really want? Who do you really want to be? And I think right. that's so important for everybody. I mean, you have the luxury and the ability and, and yeah, it's a hell of a lot easier if you got money. It's a hell of a lot easier if you have freedom or unattached and unencumbered. But you have the ability to change who you are and live the rest of your life to at least attempt it authentically. And living authentically starts here. It's not just, you know, what's the perception I, I have on social media or the perception I have with at work or I silo this way. I'm a this, this father or this professional or whatever. This is when you wake up and you look at that person in the mirror, you go, do I like this person? Do I respect this person? And what can I do before I check out to make sure that I do the most to be the person I want to be? May not make it, may not succeed at it, but I'm sure as hell going to try to do what I can to that person because I see so many people, men and women, and it's littered with social media comments too. There's a lot of pain and a lot of bitterness out there mm. and people hang on, hang on to it. And it's the hardest thing. And I, you know, it's not the sad sack show, but look, I've, I've been in shitty marriages. I've, you know, I like, I've been on the top of the mountain and I've been on the floor. And I think that's the thing is just realizing you don't have to stay there. It's temporary. And, you know, it may not end up as you perfectly envision and have this We our, our idea of expectations at midlife, I think is what jacks us up a lot. You know, we think it should look this way. No, it looks how it looks and you can alter it. You accept it the president is, and then you work towards changing it to be and, and appear how you want to be. I agree with you. I think that society has these expectations or it's a story that we've been sold. It's like, you know, you should, you should have this by the, you really, but so do you find though that in your own life, I already know the answer to this, but I want you to dive into it. 
that it's been so much more fun since you've released all of that freaking crap that you're like, I have to do it this way. I need to be married. I need to have the children. I got to, I got to, I got to have the, that career. Do you find that? Well, let me ask you, how has your life changed that much? How has it changed now that you've released all of those expectations that have been put on you? Well, it, you know, it, it's better in a lot of different ways, but it's never permanent. I think that's important for people to understand. You're always going to backslide some way. It's this idea of you go two steps forward, one step back. You know, it's never like, oh, wow, hey, I'm completely, I, I fixed it all. And it's always just permanent growth like this. It's not, you know, you're lying to yourself if it is, because you're going to have down days. You're going to have moments. Um, but how is it? Um, I feel free. That's really it. I th- that, that freedom of, hey, I'm at least moving in the right direction. I feel, un- and I used that word earlier, unencumbered, I mm-hmm. think is the, is the best thing. I feel like there's a weight that's been lifted. Is it perfect? Hell no, I'm still working at it. You know, I mean, I think anybody that tells you they've got it all on lockdown, you know, you, you know, it's not the corny, you know, instant meme cliche of, oh, you always be growing, always moving forward, but you should be always moving and always growing forward. That's it. I mean, you should always be moving. Absolutely. And I think that's part of it right there. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's, it's this idea of, for for me personally, it was, you know, I've become more comfortable in my skin, you know, by, by accepting, you know, let me back into it. It's this idea of, I used to think that it, it is acceptance. Okay. Well, we do, you know, this is what your partner expects. This is what your family expects. This is what you know the world or, or you know expects. And realize that you know you being your most authentic self is the most attractive, hot, wonderful, magnetic thing possible. You know, and I think that's it. And it only took me fifty some odd years to figure this shit out. <laughs> and it's that idea of um, you know I, you look at you look at numbers, okay. When I finally became comfortable with the idea that a third of the people out there are going to hate you on spec, okay? There's not a damn thing you can do to fix that or their opinion of it. You know, it's like, you know what? I don't like women from Wisconsin. You know what? I think men from Texas suck. There's a bald man that screwed me over before and he's an asshole. I mean, anything. there's not a damn thing you can do about that. And so just accept it. A third of the people out there are, it's situational. It's circumstantial. They can take it or leave it. They Sometimes they're in your camp and, and they're all right work for you. And sometimes they don't give a shit. Okay. Yeah. And a third of them, they're your people. Those are your people. And I, I believe that they, you know, third, third of those people are like, yeah, I'm drinking the Kool-Aid. I got you. You know, I believe it. It's awesome. I'm not talking about some sort of sick event, but it's the idea of, okay. And when we start becoming more comfortable in our own skin with that, you don't give a shit about the others. Okay. You're like, you know what? Yeah. Sports analogy, baseball hall of fame, you're batting 300. You're in the hall of fame. So if I'm just okay with a third of these people thinking I'm all right and authentically, okay? And, that, and that's a big thing is, you know, I think that that's a whole other subject, but I mean, we put so many people on the pedestals. I agree with you. In our family and social media and anything. And if you just realize, hey, they're flawed, but you know, you don't have to buy into 100% of what someone says. Even me, you know, people like coach, you bet. I mean, I, do I think I'm brilliant? Yes, I do. But you know what? Come on. I don't expect you to, to buy into everything that comes out of my mouth because it may not jive with you and your life and what's going on that way. I think that you know, I've learned that it's it's gray and that's OK. You know, there's yeah. no, there, there, there are absolutes. You're right. You're wrong. There's a path. This is it. OK. 
situational and circumstantial and what fits for you right now. What fits for you right now may not fit in five years. Oh, yeah. I I definitely agree with that. Yeah. Absolutely agree with that. How has how have you changed or shifted as a man? Let's go from the male perspective when you started doing this work. And what has been the most poignant uh piece to it? Like what if you were if you were if my brother was sitting in front of you and talking to you about his life, where would you go with that? How has your life changed, first of all? Ooh. I know. Um, because okay, you do well, remind I mean, we, me, you do we, remind me a little of my brothers, by the way, <laughs> I'm just going to state it. Good, good, I think. I hope. Yeah, it's a good thing. Um, I love my brothers. The Here, here's the thing. Uh, and I'll be, I'll be, you know, again, you said, you said we can be very upfront and frank. 100%. This, okay? I wouldn't have been just a giant puss half my life. I think that's a big mm. part of it. I think the moment, the moment you, you know, I think men in their forties and fifties, they swing wildly both sides of the page, the pendulum goes horrifically on both sides. It's either you are just a complete, you know, wall is up. I, you know, I don't show you anything. I'm a toxic a-hole over here. You know, I'm not going to let you in. I'm going to do my thing, you know, and I'm scared. I'm not, a, I'm, I, you're scared to be vulnerable. You're scared to show it. You don't know how, you don't know how to communicate. There's that. Um, or it's the one of this mixed message. I think a lot of people, a lot of men our age are in that mixed message of, well, we were raised to be kind of, this, what do women really want? I don't know. Do I cave? Do I, do I capitulate? All of these things, rather than just standing up for the man that you know, you can be your best man in both ways. I think right. I, and I put it like this. Okay. And I want to, I want to pause in one second, but I think it's, you can be a little bit Buddha and a little bit Spartan and you can be both of those. I love the fact that you just said you can be part Buddha and part Spartan. Yeah. I wish I'd have known that. You know, and I think that people fall into one or the other. And I think that a lot of men our age, um, not always, but I know that, you know, in my conversations with with men, conversations with clients, conversations with a boatload of women who, what do you really want? Okay. Well, it's in, we get these mixed signals. That's the hardest part. Okay. Well, I want a man to be a man, but I want him to listen. I want him to communicate, but nobody tells you how the hell to do that. So we're all winging it, you know? And I think that's the thing is, you know, it's okay to stand in your masculine. It's okay to be a man. It's okay to be, to make decisions. You don't have to just completely be overbearing, but you don't have to go, well, I don't know. What do you want to do? What do you, I mean, it's just that type of thing. I think leading is a lost art um, for a lot of men. And I wish that's something personally, I wish that's something I would have done a better job at um, earlier. And I wish I would have done a better job at that of establishing boundaries. You know, I can tell there are several relationships I can think of and not just that professionally too. Professionally is easier. Professional is actually easier than relationships. But I think that it is, if I had been able to set a hard boundary, one, I can tell you our marriage may not, probably would never have lasted, but would have been a dramatically different leading up to it, to it. And the other would be other relationships where um, I probably would have ended it. You know, I think it's the idea of ended this is for both men and women, but when you actually value and respect yourself more, you know, that's it. I think that, you know, to get back to your original question, what have I learned? How have I changed? I value myself more. I'm like, I'm okay. I'm okay being alone. You know, that's all right. We're, we're good. And the right people will, who are meant to be in my life will be in my life. 
regardless. And I don't have to capitulate or um, acquiesce or anything else just because of that. Okay. So let's go back. There's three things here. Leading is a lost art. Yeah. Yeah. Tell me me more. Leading how? Well, I I think that, uh, again, if, you know, if we're talking about people of 40s, 50s, Gen X, okay, at this age, I think a lot of it is we, we, for men, we've gotten these mixed messages so often. It's like, we don't know what to do. And so it becomes this paralyzing thing of, well, am I, Am I being insensitive? Am I being an asshole? What do I do? What does she want? This instead of just picking something and doing something, and so it kind of, it falls into one of two camps. And I this is, happens to a lot. Um, I hear this a lot from from coaching clients. Is it's just I wish a man would make a decision. Mm. Uh, just do something. Make a make a decision, and you know that has nothing to do with anything. Nothing to do with misogyny or anything or, or capability or quality or anything like that. It's just a matter of, um, and this is a delicate delicate thing anyway. You hear polarity a lot. Polarity is a big hot topic right now on social media. And again, it's like, you know, I, I look at the polarity. I believe in polarity, but I think polarity, like religion and politics, you can find wackos on either side. Mm-hmm. Okay. And I think that's the deal is um, there's nothing wrong with a man being masculine and making a damn decision and showing up. And there's nothing wrong with, uh, a woman leaning into her feminine. And it's so funny because it's, uh, I think there's a lot of the misconceptions out there of, um, you know, I love strong women. You know, I've always been attracted to strong women. Um, but I've also been with women who it was a dick measuring contest too. Mm. You know? I mean, it was just one of those things. And and I think that that's a hard thing for a lot of women to understand too. Men are in that, well, where do I fall into this? And a lot of women will, I, you know, I'm strong here. I'm strong in this area of my life. So I need to be strong in my relationships. Well, strong, rude, and combative or competitive or anything like that, you know, there's times for all of that, for both both genders. And I think that's one of the hardest things for men um, in relationships and women too, because, you know, they, they want guys to just to step up. And um, another thing on this is I see there's, it breeds laziness is what happens. You know, I mean, we talk about this, you know, there's a leadership's a lost art. Yeah. You know, you know, in a vacuum, in the absence of leadership, nothing exists. You know, there's, that's it. Leadership doesn't exist in a vacuum. And so what happens is, you know, if no one's going to step up, most often women are stepping up in the relationship because the guy's just either paralyzed or it just gets done for him and he doesn't do anything. And I think that sucks. And, um, you know, we, we talked about like what I would do differently. I mean, it's that idea of um, you're not going to please everybody all the time, including the people in your own home. But... You know, if you're moving in the right direction and with the right, authentically and with the right heart, then things are going to, you can work things out. So, okay, I'm going to, I had other questions, but we're going to stay here because this is um, something that is coming up a lot lately, also within my own life. And I talked to my team this morning a little bit about this, which is when you have lived through relationships, traumas, different things throughout your life. And then you are, I'm 49. You're turning what? 56? I'm I'm 26. Yes. You're 26. You look 16, Bradley, but you know, (laughs) um, and it's, it's, it's a, it's an interesting topic when it comes to, for example, me being a, a woman, right. And having to step into more of my masculine energy, we're going to get into this because of 
multiple things in my life, be it safety, be it security, be it mentorship, be it. And I want that man that can step in and say, you're safe. You're good. I got this. And as a woman, it is one of the scariest freaking things to be able to actually lean in and say, okay, I'm going to let you hold me. I'm going to, I'm going to fall into you. I'm going to let you take care of this. I know that there's nothing else happening behind the scenes because for so much of my life, there were other things happening behind the scenes. And I know, and I'm, let's get raw on this one. I know that I'm not alone in this. I know every week I've got a friend or a client or somebody that's saying, oh my God, I found out my husband was having an affair. Oh my God. I found out that my husband was, you know, spending too much money. Oh my God. I found out like there's always every week, this is what I get. And so when that happens, we as women, which we, by the way, don't want to have to be the person most of us, anyhow, I'm speaking for myself and a lot of women that I know don't want to be that person where we have to consistent, consistently be the strong one. It's not strong women. We want to be able right. to step into our, we want to be able to lean into our feminine and not because it's there's strength there. We all, you know what I mean? Like we have strength in that feminine side. And I know that this is hitting on a lot of people right now because I know a lot of my clients are coming upon this. What's fascinating is that yesterday I was on uh, I was on a podcast episode, a guest on a podcast episode that got deep real quick, real quick, and very raw and very vulnerable. And um, what was really difficult was looking back at how long that I've been operating this way. And it started at my age of 17 and it's been that way my entire life. And one of the things that he said to me was, what are you running from? And I was like, I, how, you know, I've been asked that so many damn times. It kind of, it's starting to get a little, I'm starting to get a little pissed off by that question. And at that same time, it was this realization of, oh, I see what I've been also not allowing to come to the surface, which is that 17 year old girl. And this is why I've also been stepping into my masculine energy more throughout my life. And it's also why having awareness is key and being able to say, okay, I'm going to do this differently now. So let's dive there. Wow. I'm writing notes just like you were on the... um, (laughs) I'm always writing notes. Yeah, you said a couple a couple things. Mm. One, you use that word safe, and I think that's such a huge thing that is huge. Not, that I wish I wish I had known that earlier. I wish I under well. Here's the thing: we words we don't know what they mean or how to put them in practice. Okay, right. And I think that's a big one. It took me a long time to figure out. And a lot of men too of what it, you know what it means to make your your woman or I got ripped apart the other day because I actually referred to my girlfriend as, you know, my woman or something. It's like, oh, you massages like, right. But it's the idea. Yeah, exactly. You get better things to worry about. It's the idea of, I wish more men knew what that meant, that how appealing, attractive, sexy, important that is to make your person feel safe. And that can mean in a lot of different ways, many different ways. Okay. Um, And I think that, you know, a, a, one of the, the challenges is there's so many women that, that I know that have had to step up or have been let down or been in a, a void of 
uh, a man taking care of them. And that can mean in a variety of ways. Okay. So let's not, you know, say it's one thing or another. Right. That they've had to take care of themselves. Yeah. That, that's just it. And so nobody's been there. So you're right. To your point, it's like you, you, you had to step up. You've had to do it yourself. So why in the hell should you, you know, you can count on you. Why are you going to have to, you know, pass this off this, this bozo over here? You know, right. and that's a hard one because a lot of guys don't, don't know how to do it. Uh, don't feel comfortable doing it. Um, as I said, a lot of people end up being lazy with it. Um, and then by the same token, though, there are some women that just are very reluctant to let that go. You know, and it, it was funny. I think of my um, my girlfriend, um, Shannon, you know, the first conversations we had and I loved it. And, you know, um, just very, very upfront. She goes, look, you know, I can take care of myself. I make my own money. I do very well. I'm this. I'm educated, blah, 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 blah. Ass kicker deluxe. Uh, I can do all this. I just don't want to. I just don't want to right now. I want you to actually do that. And I'm like, all right, I got this. You know, and there's just something. We don't have those conversations. We dance around all the other peripheral bullshit. And you're like, okay, no, I can do this. I got this. I know exactly how. And when you dig back into it, I mean, there's a lot of people. And like you said, for whatever reason you had to from 17 on, or someone may have had, you know, been left alone or had a husband or someone cheat on them and they had to take care and fend for themselves or they had someone that they could not trust. You know, they may have had a, I know a boatload of people who have worked with it. You know, they, a lot of money, you know, money doesn't mean safety. Money doesn't mean, okay, let's hold that. So this is actually where I was going to go back to as well. Going back to what does, what does safety mean to you? What do you need in order to feel safe? What do you need to feel secure? And it's not always about money, people. Like, it, no, you can't safety. You can't buy safety. It's not. It's not like that. It's for safety for me. Anyhow, is holding the heart, holding the soul, holding the body, holding the spirit, and saying, "Look, I got you. I see you. I commend you. I'm proud of you. I love you." Period. That's it. it and we overthink it. We overthink so much. What's that? Mm-hmm. No, just ex- I think it's part of it is just accepting that person as they are. Yes, as they are, not looking as a project, not looking as a fixer upper. You know, I think that's a really important part of it, right there, is just to to acknowledge. Um, I accept you in your imperfect state. I think that's a big one. Yeah, you know, I think so many people fall into relationships and it was like the, those crazy unrealistic expectations. You know, of oh well, my marriage has to be like this. This has to be like this. You know. Um, there's a lot, there's a lot to it. Deep, deep subject for sure. Well, it is. And I, and you know, cleaning up your side of the street and being able to come and say, come to this next relationship with, this is what I need. This is what I'm ready for. This is what I want. Right. And not being afraid to ask for it. I think that so often we expect the other person to just know, well, that they should just know what I need. They should just know what I want. And being right. able to set your boundaries, which is something that you also mentioned and saying, hey, this is this is what I need in this next relationship, this next phase of my adulting. And if you can give that to me, great. And if you can't, that's okay too, right? Like that's okay too. And it's, it's uh, I will say that it's been a fascinating journey for me as well, going into the space of realizing how much that I've had to hold for others, right? And and for myself at the same time and how exhausting that can be. 
it was Dr. Mark Goldstein's yeah. uh, podcast that I was on yesterday. Do you know him? Have you heard of him? No. Oh, you got to check him out. Oh my gosh. His, uh, his podcast, his work, everything about him is just like off the hook. And it took me to that next layer yesterday of, holy shit, I thought that I had already taken care of this. And I guess not. <laughs> I guess there's still well, some more yeah. there, which is beautiful. That's the beautiful part about it. I, I think it's like I said a moment ago, you know, you, you can have stuff taken care of, but it's, you know, I guess, you know, and again, I don't want to make light of this because I, I I don't have firsthand knowledge of alcoholism, but I guess like this, you're always an alcoholic. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. You yeah. Because the same way, you can work on it, but you know, you're going to backslide a little bit. You're going to have moments of weakness. You're going to have moments of anxiety, whatever it is. It's okay. You know, you stop yourself earlier. You're going to make mistakes. I'm doing a project right now. I'm doing a workshop on, on um, how to fix your picker. Okay. I'm picking the wrong people. Oh, and because we do that oftentimes. We, and I think that's part of it is like, you are, you're going to pick, you know, you're going to fall for it. You're going to fall for the smooth stuff occasionally, but it's this idea of you pick it earlier. You, you, you find out and you catch a mistake earlier on now. And you go, oh, oh, that's my pattern. Oh, yeah, I did that before. Put my hand on the stove again. Oh, no, I, I'm, you take it off much faster. And that's mm-hmm. it. That's all really that, that we do with, you know, that's life. You know? How you, do you, you stop making turns? Well, yeah. And how do you, how do you, when you're working with men, what, okay, so you're working with men and you're explaining to them, hey, this is, this is how to sit in this space. I'm sure you work with men and women. However, I'm just speaking for a man right now. How do you teach them? How do you guide them into that space of holding a woman? And then what can a woman do to guide, help guide their partner into that space? Well, I think, I think part of it too is just, you know, and this is nothing new. I mean, we may have heard this, this before, but no, men are fixers. You know what? Men are fixers. That's it. Oh, well, you know, we think I got you means, oh, okay, well, you know, I can take care of this. Why don't you fix this? Why don't we do this? I got this problem. Let me write a check. Let me handle this. Okay. And that does a lot sometimes, but that is not holding, that is not being there, being safe. Sometimes it is, and, you know, I, I said this earlier, there is no definitive black and white, one size fits all answer. Okay. And it is, you know, is that person need to be listened to? Do they need space? Do they need just attention? Do they need uh, time? You know, those types of things. I think a lot of it is um, not taking, and for both both genders, not taking it personally, okay? I think that that's a big one, especially for a lot of women is like, oh my God, you know, and I was talking to uh, somebody yesterday on this. Um, her, you know, her husband's you know, in the process of, you know, is an executive, company, you know, selling a company, all this stuff. He's got ex-wife drama. He's got, you know, former, you know, money issues, all this. And he's having a hard time with things. And she's like, well, does it mean it's me? It didn't have a damn thing to do with you. Okay. It's manifesting itself in you because one, you've got your own issues, you know, and I think that's just it is sometimes, you know, we, we, we tend to put so much focus and, pressure on our abilities within a relationship when you just realize you have two individuals coming together one and one makes three so when you're in your at your best you're going to come together and you're going to be some is greater than, than you know this parts but i think otherwise i think that's a big thing so i'll coach women on the hey just realize it may not have to do with you right now mm-hmm. that's it don't push you don't need the definition you don't need the label you don't need this because if you give the time 
it will come back around. Yeah. That's oftentimes what it, what it needs. Sometimes not. I mean, so it's not, it's not an absolute, but I think that's a big part right there. So for men, it would be, you don't have to be a fixer. Sometimes you just need to, to be, you know, and mm. I think that be there is a huge part of it right there to step up, to do things, to take charge, to lead, to be, uh, to, to listen, to be, um, and for, um, you know, how do women to handle your guy on this? Don't push for an absolute right there. I think that's the biggest one right there. I think I see a lot of conflict coming from people who are pushing for an absolute. I need an answer right now. I need to know why I need to know this. I need, you don't need to know everything right there because they probably don't know everything right there. I see women processing things much faster than men because they just have better tools with it. They, you know, they're better. That's really it. Okay. So, um, you know, a little, you know, it's the shore bus. <laughs> just give us the, give us a little time there and we'll come around. Yeah. It's, it's relationships are such interesting. I don't know. They're dynamics as, especially as we age and how our needs change and what we want changes and how we show up changes. Uh, you're doing a workshop on pickers. Yep. yep. <laughs> how to fix your picker. And I don't, know if, that's a yeah, I don't know if that's a decidedly Southern term or not, but I heard so many of my, you know, what people used it on me, you know, before, cause they're like, Bradley, you know, you're, you know, your picker's off, or I'd have people say my picker's broken, my picker is off. And what it comes from is just that idea of the habits and patterns of consistently finding yourself in the wrong, choosing the wrong people, allowing the wrong people in your relationship, in your life, or, finding yourself in similar relationships, you know, that are destructive. That's really it. Oftentimes it stems from my type. Okay. Because we're complete baseline creatures. I hear, I hear women do this more than men and it's, Oh, he's my type. And and it's almost like this badge of honor. Oh, I love bad boys. or I love guys like this. I love this. You know, I'm not even talking about physical characteristics. Okay. Beyond because you know, you're attracted to what you're attracted to. I don't care. I'm talking about this and this. Right. Your heart, your heart and your mind. Yes. How you show up, behavior, all of that. Okay, that's your type. I mean, I I, yeah, I joke around about it, my 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 friends and family used to to say that Bradley, you have a type. If she's hot, dark, and bitter, then you know she's for you. <laughs> the coffee, and it was that idea of you know if you were a like a hot brunette with a bad attitude and kind of bitchy. Oh, I was just like a moth to a flame. I was in on. And I think part of it. Well, oh yeah, totally. Girl next door, cute little Texas chiller. No way, don't want that. Oh I want, I want, and um, it was, I think for me anyway, ended up being, um, and one of my good friends called me out and he goes, you can keep picking better looking versions of the same person. Oh. We oh yeah. We rationalize it of, oh, well, they're different. No, they're not. No, they're not. they look a little different, but there's a pattern. Okay. And here's it. And, and, and I, want, I want people to think about this and ask themselves these questions. You know, there, and people tell you whether it's yourself or whether someone telegraphs to you, because people people tell you and show you early on, okay? They do. They do. I mean, I, I, you and I talked about this, and I mentioned it briefly at the beginning. I I spent over a decade as a managing partner at one of the top executive search firms in the country, okay? So one of my er- first books were business books about hiring people. So I spent over a decade hiring CEOs, CFOs, right? People who are sharp, educated, you know, on point, and, th- you know, I'm talking with them and their role was really to try and impress me, right? Mm-hmm. Part of that was how do you find between the lines and figure out who's bullshit or not? And what are you not telling me? 
And that's a big part right there is we fall victim for the, oh, well, you know, it's my type, it's this, but it's also people tell you, they tell you early on, we just choose not to listen. So think about this. When you have someone that says, oh, well, I'm always the one to break up. It's a giant ass red flag right there. Okay. Yeah. Oh, well, I'm, I'm, you know, my relationships always, you know, they end about, they last about five months, giant ass red flag. Okay. I mean, things like that. We, we, but we ignore these things, you know, for why? Because, oh, they're hot. It's exciting. My last relationship was loveless, sexless. It was dying. And this is so fun and exciting. And we get caught up in all the bullshit. And instead of actually just that where the opposite end would be, you become so bitter that, you know, you're not going to let anybody in here, which is equally as bad. But I think the picker thing comes from recognizing um, what the patterns were that what patterns did you allow? And I think that's the hardest part that for people right there, they'll either say, well, I just don't, I love the heart wants what the heart wants. I'm attractive. I'm attractive. Okay, cool. But why did it not work out? Well, I always date narcissists. I always date this. Yeah. But you allow it to happen. No yeah. one loves to hear that. that. That's the shitty part. Yep. Is no one, no one likes to hear. Yeah, but you keep doing it. You allow it. You saw the signs. You ignored them. You know, it, it's it's like the old story of you know, someone calls you an ass. No big deal. Two people say you're an ass. Who cares? Eight people call you an ass. You might buy a saddle. And that's the whole idea. Is if this keeps happening again and again, you know, you might want to look at the common denominator, and that's you. And nobody likes to do that because we like to look at what went wrong with the other person or pretend we're victims instead of seeing how we were culpable in this thing. And then, and that, that's not to be bad, you know, but that's okay. Here's what I allowed to happen. And I won't allow that to happen again, or I'm going to catch it sooner and then be brave enough to be able to go. No, it's not happening. You and I had this conversation prior to, and you and I have both, been privy to making poor choices <laughs> in our relationships, right? What did I just say that? <laughs> oh, this is just knowledge that just comes. No, not experience. No, yeah, everything I do is experience. Yes, I told you, I I call bullshit on my own bullshit. So you know, uh, and and I, and I, love I it. that's, that's pretty wise. What's that? That's pretty wise. I wish more of us would do that. Call bullshit on your own bullshit. I'm calling bullshit on my own bullshit. Yeah, absolutely. hundred percent. And that's actually what my clients love. They love the fact that they're like, we love the fact that you're raw and you're real and that you share the crap that you've been through and are living through because then it gives us, it, it makes everything more relatable. And I think that the number one thing that people also need to be really self fiercely self-compassionate on is when you've lived through a toxic relationship or you're gone through a divorce, perhaps one that is more difficult. Give yourself a little bit of space and time in between those relationships. Totally. (laughs) You rolled your eyes. I love this. Hard eye roll. Sorry. Yeah. No, I I love this because so I know so many people that they don't, they actually overlap. It's almost like I'm going to jump from this one into this one, into this one, into this one. And um, hello, you're going to end up in the same space that you were in prior to, which is unhappy because you really haven't gotten down to what makes me happy 
for myself from me. And that's actually going full circle from where we even started this. Every good relationship starts with self. And if you're not going to go into this relationship with self and love you, then how the hell are you going to be able to show up and actually be there with another human? Thousand percent. You know, we were talking about types earlier. And it, this was a hard lesson for me. And this was several years ago. I'd been divorced for, for quite a while. And I went through, you know, I went through a phase like everybody does. Of like, hey, I'm going to date half of Dallas. Hey, I'm going to do whatever. Okay, cool. Half of Dallas. Um, and well, I'm not proud about it. It was just, it was a phase. Um, well. you, know, you know, when you look back on it, was it damn right? It was fine. But it was also a, uh, I was just still in a hole. I was just chasing, you know, it was chasing, but it wasn't just chasing. like. I was chasing. Um, But after a while, I just realized, what's the pattern? Okay. What's the pattern here? You know? Yeah. And all appearance aside, I looked and I thought, you know what? There's something incredibly unfulfilling here. And what you really want, okay? Forget sex. Forget arm candy. Forget going out and even companionship. What people really want. At some point, after all the fun and bullshit's over, people really want a connection. They want to be mm-hmm. seen, heard, appreciated, and connected. Yeah. That's it. Okay. And and in lieu of that, I mean, well, well, not in lieu of it, but what what I found out, I looked at my patterns and I thought, okay, I chased broken women. Okay. I chased, mm. you know, if you if there was a, a period there where it was, and there's a lot of men that do this, okay. And a lot of women, you may be this, or you may pick projects or fixer-uppers or anything for the same reason, okay. And it's this idea of, I looked and I go, okay, these are really nice, you know, some really nice people, but they weren't whole themselves, okay? They had some sort of drama, you know, problems, whatever. And why? Because as a guy, it's a very guy thing. You know, it's per, you know, this is my deal, but it's not uncommon. Well, if they got problems, I can come in and I can fix it and I can be the hero and I can, you know, take care of this. Well, that's great. But really the subtext of that is, it also keeps me from focusing on the shit I need right here. Right. So absolutely. Oh, I'm totally filling this hole over here because they need me instead of going, just tap out for a while and just go work on you and see what really your dark side is and all of this that you need to fix before you busy, you know, are worrying about this shit. And, and I think that's a problem. And, you know, I, I, I'm not proud to say I did this, but I did. There were a couple of, couple of, you know, not long-term relationships, but I sat there, I go, I have no intention of, of having a long-term relationship with this woman. She's okay, you know? But, it, it, you know, I knew that there was nothing to it, okay? And I'm sure women have done the same thing. So oh, I'm sure. This. Absolutely. Okay? But but I think that's the thing. Now, what, and I looked at that and I go, that's just not right, okay? I think that's a big thing. And that's the thing I tell a lot, of, a lot of folks I work with is, look, if you, there is no right or wrong, but you need, if you're going to actually... And, spend part of someone's time, life, energy with them, you need to be aligned, okay? You're never going to be lockstep. But meaning, if it is a, you know, look, just call it like it is. If you're just fresh out of divorce and you want to go through your hoe phase, fantastic. Make sure that at least that person that you're with is in the same thing and it is what it is. No judgment, no right or wrong. But if you're, someone else is looking for, hey, I'm really looking for a meaningful connection or relationship. Yeah. You men or woman, but you step up and and you know if you can't do that, the most honest, honorable, and authentic thing is say, "Hey, I can't do that right now." You know, it's funny. I get I get that question from a lot of, a lot of my female clients of, um, "Well, 
you know, he says he's not ready for a relationship or he doesn't want to get serious. What, do, what should I do? I said, you should believe him. You should totally 100%. believe him. 100%. Because, yeah, I mean, I don't care you know, how awesome or how wonderful you are and can change him or how much he thinks he can do it. That's the most honest thing that ever came out of somebody's mouth right there. Mm-hmm. And I think that a lot of us ignore the signs, you know, and we lie to ourselves too, you know, oh, I can do this, you know. Um, we talked earlier I beforehand. Um, I started advanced adulting several years ago and I shelved it very quickly. Okay. And um, I regret that I did that, but you know, the weird universe timing, it all worked out, but I did that for, for a woman. Okay. Mm. And it was the only time I'd ever been involved with a younger woman, not crazy younger. Don't worry. I mean, but it was like 12 years younger. Okay. So my kids are grown. She had small kids and I'm sitting there going, Oh, well, you know, all the bullshit we like, you know, the bullshit, your bullshit. Right. And I'm like, Oh, well I can do this. She's hot. She's fun. She's a you know, professional, all of this. Her kids were freaking psychos. Her kids are horrible. And they were like six, seven and nine awful kids. We just, dis- we disagreed on parenting. I'm an old school Southern guy. So because I said, so is it viable answer. And, um, you know, but I was lying to myself, you know, and I think we forget that sometimes because we get caught up in the moment because we are trying to fill a hole and yeah. it's my beaver thing. I promise. Um, yeah, but I think that's it. Yeah. I, so it's, I agree. I agree. I think that we need to also take some space and time in between our relationships and really focus on us. What makes you happy? What is your passion? What, you know, go back to the values of who you are. It's so simple. Don't complicate this. Like, don't please. It's just so simple. And I don't chase. That's not my jam. Not into that. Don't want to Mm -hmm. never have, don't care. Uh, just overrated. I just show up as I am and whatever. And if, if, if it's not for you, then so be it. Move on. I don't care. (laughs) I like me. I can go sit anywhere. That said, that's so healthy though. But I mean, and and hopefully you're always that way, but a lot of people aren't. And it takes a while to get to that part of just good how I am. It is, it is, it is. I will say though, that this is the, this is the one space that I will also say is that for those women or men, that are at that space of, I'm good as I am. I'm good as I am. You don't want to do that to the point that then you push everybody out. And so there's also that space, right? Where you can build up that wall so big because you're just so okay with you that you start to push people out. Yeah. I, that's not me. I'm not well, doing I, that. I, I will say though, that it's, I can see, right. and I've, I've had to be very conscious about that because I, that's also not what I want to do. Does that make sense? I love that. that, that yeah, it makes total sense. And yeah. you're right. I mean, I think that if that healthy, you know, the difference between need and want, you know, you mm-hmm. don't need anybody, but you want somebody. Right. Huge difference. Gigantically healthy. I mean, that that's perfect. The thing that, that I see is more often, at least in my world, is not so much the, hey, I'm, I'm good and I push people away because I'm good. I see that a lot in younger, younger men and women, mm-hmm. you know, especially the whole boss babe crew, you know, the, the twenties and thirties somethings. I see that. I don't see that as much with, with women in, in their forties um, and fifties and, and beyond. But I, what I do see that's unfortunate is the, the antithesis of that. And it would be the, I'm hanging on to my, I'm hanging on to my injuries and my bitterness 
so hard that I'm going to tap out. I don't need anybody because I'm not going to let anybody hurt me again. Oh, right. Absolutely. I see that more often than not. And I think that is that, that I, I spend a lot of time with There's that too. getting them out of that, you know, yeah. because they're like, Hey, I'm, I'm healthy, but it's, it's, it's almost false bravado, bitterness, healthy. You know, yeah. it's like, I'm, I'm good. I don't need anybody. Well, okay. But you, that, then they take what they end up doing. And I, and I hate this, but it's, they continue to punish the future people and the next person in line or the next relationship or right. allowing anybody to get close because this person who hasn't been in their life in two years, five years, 10 years, you know, who hurt them, that person is still paying the price by being victimized that way. And right. I hate that. I hate seeing that. There's also a space of, which for those of you heading into this dating world is, you don't have to be perfect to step into the dating world. You can be working on yourself. You can still be taking care of yourself. You can still be like, I think that we also have this feeling of don't step in until you're totally okay. Well, no, you don't have, there's no way you can be totally okay. And the beautiful thing about any healthy relationship is that you elevate one another along the way, which means that through that elevation, it's going to get a little bit mucky here and there, which is okay too. Well, absolutely. And I, to that point, I see a lot of people um, sitting on the sidelines because of out of fear, rightfully yeah. so. Okay. I mean, look, if you've been out of a 20 year marriage and you know, you're coming in, I don't know what to do. It's going to be, you hear all these things about online dating, whatever. I get it. But I think the problem occurs in both ways. It is, you know, it's a study in, in, in contrast and extremes based on expectations. So people tend to think, or at least the folks that I, I work with, I hear a lot of, it's going to be great. And you meet someone and you click and you have a little bit of chemistry and a little bit of attraction there. So next thing you know, you've created this bullshit narrative in your head of, oh, they're going to be fantastic. And it's going to be, we're going to, next thing you know, we're in Cabo together, or it's going to be like the Hallmark Channel. And I moved to a small town and it's a handsome widowed veterinarian. And we, you know, all that, or it's the other of just like, I'm not going to do anything because it's going to suck. Here's the thing. You know, you're going to have a lot of train wrecks and that's okay. Uh-huh. And that's fine. And that's, that is not any reflection on you or your self-worth or your value or attractiveness or anything. Um, it, it is, it's a dirty cesspool out there. But the point is, you know, you just go into there with no expectations, zero expectations, not high, not low, because either way you're going to, you're going to be disappointed, you know, on that way. But, um, you know, if it's a dis- if it's a dirty disaster, then you're going to think, well, I was right. And if it's anything less than, you know, Clooney's younger brother falling in love with you, then, you know, oh, my God, wasn't that great? So just go in there and look for, and I said that word again, I really believe this. It's connection. Yeah. Okay? That's what so many of us are looking for, you know, as advanced adults is this idea of connection and your connection can come sure, surely through uh, a a romantic relationship or partnership, but it can also come from um, your friendships. And I just, the value of friendships at midlife, I can't, you know, um, I can't stress how important that is. And especially, I love how you said that you're right. You know, you're coming out of a relationship or anything. Yeah. You go with the whole, find yourself, discover yourself, you know, get yourself right. But we tend to gravitate towards, I need a man. I need a woman. Okay. Do you? Okay, cool. But really what you're wanting is a connection. Is someone, right. you know, like you said, seen, heard, appreciated, connected. 
you can find that a lot of ways. And if it happens organically and that person happens to, you know, morph into something, great. But we go out, I'm a hunting, I'm a hunting, and this is what we're going to get. It's not healthy. I love it. I love it. Love it. Well, listen, in essence of time, this has been incredible. And I love the fact that we dove into this whole relationship, male, female, feminine, masculine energy, because it's something that I always say, if it's coming up in my life, it's definitely coming up in other people's lives too. And so yesterday's conversation that I had with Dr. Mark was so on point that I was like, dang, I just keep diving into that. So where let's, first of all, give us one more piece of advice that you would give to any middle-aged male, female across the board, adulting, advanced adulting right now. Oh, wow. Just one. Um, it can be a long one. <laughs> yeah, you know, I, I just, something I often say is this, I mean, it's, we're all used cars. We're at this age, we are all used cars. Okay. And to expect a level of perfection out of yourself or anyone else is just completely unrealistic. Yeah. Okay? And it, it's this idea of we are, everyone's got their list, whether it's for themselves or for and look, no one is harder on me than me, but you know, whether it's giving yourself a little bit of grace, whether it's giving other people a little bit of grace, I think is, is paramount. I think that is super important because as I said, we're used cars. You go into it, you know, know what your deal breakers are. Okay. And not everything is a deal breaker, but know what your real true core deal breakers are. Nothing wrong with that. Stick to those, you know, but um, have some grace and space for other people and mm-hmm. what those are. I think that's a, that's a huge, huge deal right there because we all are, um, you don't know. You don't know what has um, has happened to somebody. Um, you don't know where they they come from. You know what brought them here. And the the other thing, kind of the dovetails with that though, is I think being in a in a loving, positive way, be ruthless with your time. Be mm. absolutely ruthless with your time. That's good. And, and you're, you know, we say boundaries, okay? It's like, it's like all those things. There's so many of these phrases that everybody talks about in the, the personal development world, but nobody explains. And, you know, boundaries is one of those, okay? Boundaries can mean a lot of different things, okay? That's a whole other show. Yeah. But for me, it is, if something, that is not being being an asshole, that's not mean demanding perfection, but if something or someone is not serving your life, what's it doing, okay? Yeah. What, what is it doing there? Okay. And, and, and that's just it. And the, the, the portion with that is, um, is what I told people when I was, you know, or, or head hunting and when, you know, that I coach now, it's you look at a situation, you go, is this something that a, is it fixable? Okay. You look at a situation, is this fixable? Can it get better? Okay. If the answer is no, then you got your answer. And what the hell is it doing around? Okay. But if the answer is yes, okay, if the answer is yes, then that leads to the even more important question. And so is it fixable? Yes. Do I want to? Do I want to fix it? Okay. And that right there is the game changer in any of this. And you need to look at that with people in your life. Hey, can you know, is this relationship working? Is it not? Is this something can be working? Um, anything like that. Do I want to? Is it worth the time, effort, aggravation? Is it something that they're going to meet me halfway on? You know, those are the th- those are the important things because I really do believe that. You know, that's, that's the part at this, at this stage of life, you know, whether you are, whether it's a number, whether it's a milestone, whether it's being an empty nester or changing your career or whatever, um, you don't have much time you got left and, um, making the most out of it. It's a big deal. 
It is a big deal. Since my mom's passing, that's been even more in my heart because of that. So thank you. Where Absolutely. can people find you? Sure. Besides um, in Texas. It's pretty, in Texas right now. Um, I'm in Dallas. Yeah. Um, so it's, I'm Bradley Richardson. So I am Bradley Richardson and I do most of my stuff on Instagram and TikTok. I don't, I don't dance. I don't lip sync. I do any of that, but um, Instagram um, is a big place uh, on the web. I'm Bradley Richardson as well. And um, yeah, so it, what I do there is I, I do the group, I have a group coaching program, do one-on-one and then um, a series of kind of little mini masterclasses, SOS or start over school and then uh, other things. And oh, I love that. Yeah, that, that, that's been really good. So oftentimes I'll have, that's where the picker thing came from. So I have people who you know, once a month, I look at a lot of the common questions I get and I do a 90 minute Zoom intensive on it. And that's amazing. So, um, it's, that's been the most amazing thing since, um, since I've, I've gotten back into this is I have people all literally all over the world. I mean, and what I mean is I have a boatload of people all throughout Europe, Australia, you know, Denmark, uh, you know, Sweden, um, Dubai. And you're, I'm looking at the lives. I do lives all the time on, um, uh, on Instagram, but that's been amazing is how these things, so many people relate to them all over the world. Yeah. And then, um, yeah, just by helping people out and get in the conversation. Um, but yeah, I'm Bradley Richardson, and then you'll see that, and then the start of our schools are little mini master classes. So awesome. Awesome. Well, thank you for being on. I really thank appreciate you. it. Absolutely. This is good. I love it, and thank you for spending one. I love talking with you. I mean, if you and I are just having drinks, this would be fun. But oh god, thank you very much for, for um, I bring out the know. I bring out the whiskey. The by the way, because you're in Texas, you get the, <laughs> like, the only time I and, drink and, whiskey. And if, the only time I drink whiskey is when I'm on the trail. I carry it on the trail and I have a shot a night. Eh, sometimes, not every night, but I, I do like my whiskey on the trail. 10 days out there in the middle of the mountains, it's a place to have it. I know, I know. But Texas, they're into whiskey. Of course, yeah. Big time, yeah. yeah. But yeah. My, if I get tired or there's a lot of bourbon in hand or if I get around a lot of people from West Texas, then I, I could sound straight up and kind of high if I wanted to. I mean, it gets ugly with bourbon. <laughs> But um, I love it. Yeah, I love the reality of it. <laughs> the yeah. Honesty. I love the honesty. Like this is the honesty. It's awesome. Well, thank you for being here, okay. and uh, we will follow up again soon. Very good. Thanks. Appreciate it. My friends, thank you for listening to the Live Boldly podcast. I hope you enjoyed this episode. I am so grateful to have you here. I'd love to invite you over to sarahschultingkranz.com to receive five free meditations recorded by me or download your free guide on how nature is your perfect healing therapy. My site has many free resources to guide you on your life journey, many that I used myself while on my road from victim to survivor. And also, please, I ask that you share my podcast with those who may need inspiration, information, or who may need to hear from others going through where they are right now. To grow this podcast, please leave an iTunes review and subscribe. Go find it on other platforms such as Google Play, Spotify, and Stitcher. 
Please also go to my Instagram or Facebook page, leave a message in my comments and tell me what you think of this episode. Please share in your stories and tag me. I'd love to reshare and celebrate your healing journey. I love hearing from each one of you. Let's keep the ripple going. It begins with each one of us. I love you. And as I always say, I believe in you, us, always. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.